In the morning, um, you see the sunlight, that clock is entrained and it starts a cascade of hormone release throughout the day, which keeps you really optimal, keeps you in good shape, keeps you feeling sort of mentally well as, as well. You're gonna sort of start off by feeling maybe a little bit groggy in the mornings, maybe you'll be more of an evening person, you'll start to slump during the day and just not feel great. And over time, that will lead to you know, that sort of leptin insulin resistance that, that we were talking about sort of around that, that brain area. And then you're gonna develop things like an Alzheimer's, like a dementia. A lot of people think, oh, it's just, just to manage sleep, but it's actually, it goes a little bit more deeper than that. And it goes into metabolism, it goes into insulin resistance. And, you know, you've got to think about light as, as the key sort of master governor of, of hormones as well. Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body Mind Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Seamland, and our guest today is Andy Munt from Australia. Andy is an entrepreneur and the founder of Blue Blocks. Blue Blocks is a brand of blue blocking glasses that seeks to combat the negative effects of blue light on your health and well-being. Andy, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Sim. Yeah, it's uh, nice to see you. And uh, I see that you're wearing, uh, you're not wearing like the specific blue blocking glasses, but I, th I can expect that they are still, uh, they're filtering out some of the blue blue wavelengths. So uh, what time what time is it there from Australia at the moment? Yeah, so, um, so we're just, just after 5 p.m. in, in the evening. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's really bright outside still. I'm sat right next to a window, um, sun shining in, as you can probably see, the light's great. So. I've just got on some um, some Blue Blocks computer glasses because um, there's no artificial light sort of on around me apart from my computer screen. Um, so all I need is uh, just to filter out a little bit of the, the nasty blue spike. Um, but I, I can explain a little bit more later on as well about the different types of glasses. But um, yeah, these are, these are specifically computer glasses, specifically focus on the light that's, that's coming straight out of this screen at me um, and filtering it out. So. Uh, yeah, it's all, all very, all very positive stuff. And um, yeah, if, if, if I was sat in, for instance, if I was sat in a room where I had LED light shining down on me, it was um, starting to get a little bit dark outside, or, or maybe it was a cloudy day, then I would, uh, I would wear a pair of, of these, which are, which are yellow glasses. Mm. They just filter out a lot more of the, um, a lot more of the, the blue, um, but they also make things a lot brighter. Um, in terms of uh, all the other colors that, that are coming through. So actually makes, uh, makes your day a lot brighter. And then if it was uh, completely dark, so post sunset outside, I would wear blue blocking glasses as opposed to blue filtering glasses, which are these ones here with the, with the red lens, because um, we don't want any blue or green light after dark. So uh, that's the reason why I've got these on right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it is indeed like, we would talk about the differences later on, but yeah, first of all, maybe we can just start off with like, what are the negative side effects of blue light exposure? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it really depends on context in. So it really depends on what time of the day um, you're, you're talking about when it comes to blue light and, and any kind of um, color of light, um, whether it be visible or, or invisible. So let me talk about the positives of blue light first. So um, when you wake up in the morning, um, your, your first sort of um, light that you should be seeing is, is a sunrise. Now the reason being is um, during the sunrise you get a sort of very well balanced spectrum of colors but you also get um, specific frequencies of blue light in there as well. 
And what that does in the morning is it raises your cortisol levels um, initially, which helps you sort of feel awake and alert. Um, a lot of people put cortisol down to um, down to stress, anxiety, and depression. I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But in the context of light, the first light that you see when it's a sunrise will spike that cortisol and only have positive effects of making you feel alert and awake. Another positive of blue in the morning as well is um, it actually starts, um, and this we're talking about natural blue light here, not artificial. It starts the sequence of producing a neurotransmitter called um, serotonin. And serotonin um, is produced when you're in natural sunlight in the morning during the day and is later after dark in the absence of blue and green light turned into melatonin, which is a powerful antioxidant and is better known as a sleep hormone that, that basically helps you get a good quality, um, long duration sleep. Um, so they're, they're the positive um, sort of effects of blue during the day. I mean, you don't really want to be blocking all blue light during the day, otherwise you're going to really have um, a lot of negative effects um, endocrinologically speaking. So your hormones are going to be really unbalanced. So what happens during the day is the let's just talk about the Earth. So the Earth goes through a 24-hour period where um, during say 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Um, roughly speaking, it depends on the season. You go through a light period. And then 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., um, you go for a dark period. Now, as humans have evolved, that cycle has then been um, incorporated within our, within our bodies as a, basically a body clock, it's called a circadian rhythm, a circadian clock, a master clock. Um, and that clock is run um, and, and governed and entrained by light and dark cycles. So in the morning, um, you see the sunlight, that clock is entrained and the starts a cascade of hormone release throughout the day, which keeps you really optimal, um, keeps you in good shape, keeps you feeling sort of mentally sort of well as, as well. But when you hit the sort of, if you think ancestrally speaking, when you hit sunset after that period, you wouldn't have much light at all. And the light that you would have would be say a campfire. Um, and then as we evolved through time and we started to move into houses, we would have say kerosene lamps or candles. Um, and the only sort of color light that that gives off is sort of blue, oranges, ambers, um, which doesn't have an effect on, um, on your hormones um, in a negative way. But what we've done as we've evolved, um, culturally and, and technologically, we've, we've evolved so much quicker than our evolution. So now that after dark, we're switching on LED lights. We can be talking on, on say Skype or Zoom or something like that. We could be playing on our smartphones, we could be um, on an iPad, we could be watching TV. We could even be outside the house after dark with, um, in a shopping mall, in a supermarket, or even driving when there's lights everywhere. Now, what that does is, that um, does, does a whole sort of myriad of, of negative effects on our body. So the first one it would do is it would actually suppress um, the release of melatonin. So it wouldn't allow all that amazing serotonin that you build up during the day to be trans, um, translated into melatonin and make you sort of fall asleep very well. I mean, a lot of people that are exposed to blue light can still fall asleep, but their quality of sleep is it's negatively impacted mm. as well. And there's a lot of studies that show that. Um, and also, if, if melatonin is not being um, released optimally after dark, 
you're actually foregoing one of the world's most powerful antioxidants. So if you're having, you know, sort of bad cell um, replication and, um, you know, poor mitochondrial function or things like that, the melatonin then can't go in and, and clear up all the mess that's sort of been happening during the day. Um, another negative effects as well is there's been quite a few quite a few studies that have come out and I wrote a blog on it recently um, with, a, with the title is light the cause of, of insulin resistance mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's quite a few studies out there that show that if we're exposed to blue light after dark or whilst we're even sleeping um, the tests on blood sugar levels um, and, and insulin resistance um, when, when conducted under sort of laboratory conditions um, actually show that people become more insulin resistant um, when they're exposed to, to artificial blue and light, uh, blue and green light after dark. So, you know, you've, a lot of people think, oh, it's just, just to manage sleep, but it's actually, it goes a little bit more deeper than that. And it goes into, you know, metabolism, it goes into insulin resistance. And, you know, you've got to think about light as, as the key sort of master governor of, of hormones as well. Yeah, for sure. You gave like a really good overview about this entire thing and uh, including the circadian rhythms and uh, things like that. And yeah, I, I do want to add that, yeah, there are a lot of studies showing that weight loss and or, you know, weight gain and uh, depression and Alzheimer's, those things, they are connected to uh, blue light exposure at night. And uh, part of it has to do with how how the blue light kind of stimulates the body to produce some insulin and uh, produce more cortisol. And uh, that's, that's one of the mechanisms that can, pr that can promote like the insulin resistance. And uh, of course, like if you don't produce melatonin during sleep, then your brain won't be able to heal itself. And uh, it's not gonna, it's not gonna clear out the, all the plaques and uh, all the other waste material that accumulates during, during the day. So yeah, incredibly, incredibly vital for people to uh, not not expose themselves to their blue light from their smartphones or their laptop screens at night and yeah it's one of those things that unless you have tried to kind of block it out then you won't even think that it's that, that big of an issue but uh, after you kind of put some you know put some uh, filters on or put some glasses on then you will definitely notice that there is indeed something something there and uh, it will probably improve a whole lot of your sleep and you know everything else as well during the day you will probably be more alert and uh, once you kind of establish a more consistent circadian rhythm as well then uh, your daily energy levels will also become more stable and uh, less that you will experience less fatigue yeah that's that's absolutely right and um there's a couple of good points you've you've made there and, and the first one is um you know the alzheimer's sort of link as well and you know a lot of people refer to it as type 3 diabetes now and, and you know sort of being some you know sort of leptin and insulin resistant um sort of throughout the brain and you know one of the things that sort of drew me into into that discussion was that um there's two types of um, ways that a human being can fall asleep so you've got one that we've just spoken about which is the circadian rhythm where you know it becomes dark melatonin secreted um and you just build up that sort of um you know you just fall into a sleep and and away you go but there's also another way you can fall asleep as well which is like the need to sleep so we refer to this as sleep pressure so throughout the day we're doing um, a lot of metabolic processes and you know being really into sort of um, the um, nutrition and, and health side of things like you are sim you'll understand that and, and a lot of your um, viewers will understand that you know um, ATP is is required for um, 
to run those metabolic processes to, you know, whether it be your, your heart beating, whether it's be exercise, whether it's be eating food or, or whatever. But the byproduct of, um, you know, adenosine triphosphate is something called adenosine. And every time a metabolic process is run, um, it builds up and up and up in your brain. Um, and then what happens is, the more, just think of it, more and more and more weight being put on your head. Um, and then it gets to a point during the day where you've done so many metabolic processes that your body has to fall asleep in order to start clearing out all those plaques and, and adenosine buildup in, in your brain. And it's one of the theories of why we sleep. Um, and, if we, um, and if we don't, and if we resist that urge to sleep, or we are exposed to blue light after dark and mess up our circadian rhythms, we're not getting the deep um, REM sleep we need to actually start clearing out those plaques and start clearing out those, um, that buildup of adenosine. So you're going to sort of start off by feeling maybe a little bit groggy in the mornings. Maybe you'll be more of an evening person. Mm. Um, you'll start to slump during the day um, and just not feel great. And over time, that will lead to you know, that sort of leptin insulin resistance that, that we were talking about sort of around that, that brain area. Um, and then you're going to develop things like an Alzheimer's, like a dementia, um, you know, even if it gets to things like, you know, a lot of people um, get to a certain age and start forgetting things and mm. might not leave dementia, but, you know, they have to start writing things down because the brain is no longer optimal. Um, so, yeah, so I, I just sort of wanted to make that point that, um, you know, there are two types of sleep and, you know, both as, are as important as, as, as each other in making sure that, you know, neurologically speaking, um, your brain is getting that, um, you know, that, that spring clean it needs every night. Mm. Yeah, like most people, they take their sleep so, so much for granted and uh, they don't even care about it. Like, oh, it doesn't matter if I got a poor night's sleep or if it doesn't matter if I'm uh, not having like uh, proper sleep, quality sleep, I still feel tired in the morning. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm simply going to push through or either I'm going to, you know, compensate for that with coffee or energy drinks or something like that and uh, yeah it's it's it, it will have like a huge negative impact on your overall health and longevity in the long term and uh, mm. the symptoms of alzheimer's they don't you know happen overnight you know they don't, they're gonna you, you get alzheimer's you know over the course of decades you know you may have the first initial symptoms of you know brain fog or fatigue already even today and uh, you 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 you're, you're like you know it, it can be like a huge indicator that you're not doing things right and there is something that you're missing out on in terms of sleep quality and blue light maybe like one of those things that uh, will definitely have like uh, some sort of an effect absolutely and, and you know you touched another good point there with coffee um coffee is is widely renowned for its great antioxidant um effects um but the, the negative side to caffeine um, and, you know, specifically the caffeine in, in, in coffee, as, as, as we put it into this context, is it's a, you know, really, really strong suppressant of adenosine. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's blocking adenosine receptors. So you're building up fatigue during the day um, for all your metabolic processes. You're drinking caffeine and getting that hit and then you're suddenly feeling alert and awake again. And that's because it's blocking your adenosine receptors. So, you know, people always... Whenever I make the point, I mean, I'm, I haven't drunk caffeine or taken caffeine for about two years now. I, I, you know, it's the best thing I've ever done. But a lot of people swear by it. And a lot of people like to, like to drink coffee. And they always argue, oh, it's the antioxidant effects and, and all this good stuff. But, you know, there's, there's two tips I can give for that. 
ditch the coffee. Literally, it's horrible for about three days if you ditch in the, the, the caffeine-infused uh, coffee, but you'll feel amazing. And if you think you get good antioxidants in, in coffee, we just spoke about melatonin. It is the most powerful antioxidant you can have. Like, why would you want to forego that for some other antioxidants that you've got in, in, in a coffee? Yeah. Um, and second, um, second thing you can do as well is um, I drink a, um, a Swiss water extracted coffee. So that is um, a method that they use. I don't know the specifics of the method, but I know that it's only using natural products, obviously Swiss water. Um, whereas a lot of decaffeinated coffee that you'll buy, say, um, from your local supermarket will be extracted using things like, um, I can't remember whether it was arsenic or cyanide, one of the really bad chemicals and a few other bad things in there as well. So you're better off, you know, avoiding that. So, you know, that'd be my sort of two rebuttals to anyone that says, Oh, I like caffeine and, and all, all that good stuff. But if you are one of those people that need caffeine, it's an, again, it's one of these inhibitors of, of something that's going to affect sleep. Have it in, in the morning, have it in, you know, if you want to watch the sunrise um, with a coffee, be my guest. I don't think you need to. Um, but you know, if you feel like you're one of those people that needs caffeine, take it as early in the morning as you can and then don't drink anymore. Mm. Yeah. Like, uh, there are some studies showing that it, uh, coffee protects against Alzheimer's and cognitive decline. But if, if you drink the coffee and you're not sleeping properly, then it's not going to work in a sense. Like, uh, sleep is, more. sleep is <laughs> a lot more important than uh, the antioxidants or polyphenols from the coffee. That's it. I'm getting a hundred cups of coffee starting now. Let's now talk about like the blue blockers. Uh, how can the blue blockers then protect the person against these circadian mismatches in the evening? Yeah, let's talk about those. Let me take, let me just put them on just so normally I wouldn't wear these with the sun out, but I'll wear them for a little bit just so people can see, see them. Um, you know, you have a pair of um, similar to these as, yeah. as well, the Onyx, yeah, which so. are really good. Yeah. One of our most popular ones though so yeah so as you can see guys right this is this is why i'll explain why we need to wear them so we've gone into a little bit of detail as to um serotonin is built up during the day um and then we want to now get that serotonin into melatonin because melatonin is a hormone that induces sleep now the only way to do that is in physiological darkness now there was a study by phelps in 2001 um really good um uh, academic that basically does a lot of um, studies on sleep and he coined that term physiological darkness you can call it biological darkness it basically means in the absence of blue and green light below 550 nanometers now nanometers is what lights measured in um, blue runs from 400 nanometers to 495 nanometers and green runs from 495 to 570 nanometers now the studies that because um, when we when we produced blue blocks blue blocker glasses we read every single paper there was on um, blue and green light um, exposure after dark and it was very clear in the literature that um, it was light below 550 nanometers that was actually and, and sort of upwards from 400 so between 4 and 550 nanometers which was having the greatest impact on melatonin being secreted um, from the pineal gland after dark that's why we created these glasses because a couple of years ago when I was trying to block blue light, I was wearing glasses that were amber sort of orange tinted. So a bit like your Uvex, your Swannies, those types of glasses. Um, and we did some tests on them and we found that they were, they were only actually blocking blue light. 
Um, and when you actually start reading the, the academic literature, there's a whole sort of 50% more light um, right up to the 550 um, nanometer spectrum um, that was actually suppressing melatonin as well. So we developed this Sleep Plus red tint um, and the red actually um, takes out 100% of, of um, the green up to 550. Um, a little bit of green is okay, so we left everything post 550 in. Um, so really all you're seeing is um, sort of reds, oranges, ambers. And we mentioned earlier that our ancestors would have only seen these types of colors after dark because they would have had a campfire, they would have had candles, incandescent type lightings even into the 1800s. Um, so we're creating a sense of what our ancestors would see after dark. And when you put these on after the sunset's gone down, after artificial lights starting to be switched on, um, you actually start to feel sleepy within a couple of hours. Um, and it sends you off into a really deep sleep. You get some really great dreams and you just start wake up feeling really refreshed as well because you've had such a good sleep. Um, so the, basically the, the gateway to your um, master clock. So your master clock is, is located sort of directly through the middle of your head. It's in the suprachiasmatic nucleus. Um, and it basically takes light through um, photoreceptors in the eye, which are called melanopsin. Um, and it takes that light and it then translates into, oh, I, I see this spectrum of light, it must be daytime. I see this spectrum of light, it must be nighttime. Um, so if you're, if you're not wearing these glasses and you're exposed to blue light in the evenings, your brain is going to um, translate that light as being, oh, it's still daytime. I can keep cortisol levels high, um, for instance. So this is what I wanted to touch on as well, that if you, these types of glasses reduce down the cortisol after dark, that the blue light is actually having, on, uh, having an effect on. Mm. And the cortisol is good during the day because it keeps you alert and keeps you feeling awake. Two things you don't want to be doing after dark. You want to be winding down for bed. And we all know that when you actually have too much of one hormone, it can lead to a lot of um, a lot of diseases. So, what happens when cortisol is is constantly high, which is being done by our blue lit world twenty four seven, is that you start getting stressed. What does stress lead to? Anxiety or depression? What do those things lead to long term? It could even lead, in the worst case, to suicide. We're seeing suicide rates increase quite a lot. Um, you know, not saying that's the, the sort of flat out cause of it, but you know, it's food for thought. That's that's a um, that's for sure. Now, we just mentioned melanopsin, okay? So melanopsin is really important. It's in the eyes, okay? We, we knew it was in the eyes, you know, 10, 15 years ago, and we knew that we needed to wear blue, blue light glasses to make sure that, um, you know, we, we block out that blue and green light and we don't let the, um, the blue light interfere with our circadian rhythms. Now, a few years ago, there was actually some studies that have come out um, that actually found that melanopsin was also present in the brain. Um, and then last year it came out and found that melanopsin is present in your skin and also in the fat cells in your body. So what does that mean? Now, that means that after dark, if you're wearing blue light glasses, brilliant, because obviously um, blue light goes through the, through the eyes and, and tells your brain all, all, all sorts of wrong things. So you need to block it through the eyes, but you also need to block it through the skin. So when the sun goes down, I'll be putting on um, a hoodie. Um, get the aircon on because it's so hot here in Australia. But I'll cover up the skin on my arms, my legs. I'll have my hood up so it's not actually affecting um, any of the melanopsin in my, um, in my head. 
Um, so you've got to think of it, you've got to be mindful and think of that as well. You know, it's, it all starts with the glasses, but there's little hacks you need to do as well in order to make your environment um, uh, positive um, as well in terms of light. So yes, I wear those. Um, I cover up my skin at night, specifically when I'm watching television because I, you know, I'm, I live in the modern world. Like a lot of biohackers come to me and say, oh, I just switch the TV off. I, I do this, I do that doesn't interest me. I want to watch my favorite TV shows. I follow soccer. I want to watch a lot of that. So it's going to happen. So I just need to make hacks in my environment, like wearing the long, long sleeve clothes to be on the glasses to be able to watch it. But what I also do is I've taken out all the um, standard LED lights in my house and actually fitted in red incandescent and halogen lights. So when I want light after dark, instead of having to light candles all the time, candles are good sometimes, not a problem, um, I can just switch on a light um, and I've got red light. I've got a nice warm red orange glow in, in my living room, in my bedroom um, and everywhere else I go. Um, there's only one room that has uh, sort of white, blue LED light and that is our, we have a room where my wife gets ready in the morning um, and so she doesn't look like a clown when she's putting on her makeup in the morning. She does put on some <laughs> little bit of LED light um, it, when it's dark in, in the winter to be able to put her makeup on. So we'll let her off on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's just little hacks and things like that, Sim, that people need to do, you know, just changing out the lights, um, making sure your skin's covered up um, and, and also wearing these, these blue blockers after dark and making sure they are red um, and they are a company you know, if, if you don't choose blue blocks, not an issue, but make sure that company tells you the science behind how they've created those glasses. And they're not just an amber lens glass that you're buying off Amazon because it just, it's, it's a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like uh, I, I want to briefly mention that, uh, yeah, that the melatonin suppression can happen through, through the skin as well. And I remember, remember the studies where people have been shot like this blue light on their elbows or something and it, they yes. saw that it suppressed melatonin a little bit and uh, it's quite quite fascinating in the sense that yeah your entire body is detecting the light around you and it makes perfect evolutionary sense and a perfect physiological sense as well when, whenever you are outside then your body will want to keep itself in sync with the circadian rhythms and to kind of detect okay what time of the day is and what sort of what sort of metabolic processes do we need to do or do we need to rest or do we need to become more alert and uh, more more active yeah and we should have thought about we should have definitely thought about this years ago because yeah. there was a study about 20 years ago that showed that blind people still had circadian rhythms and were still affected by light um and i read that i've read this study so many times it's it's not even funny and it never even crossed my mind like i, I was just thinking oh but it must have just sort of their eyes were open so the light went through or, or whatever but um yeah didn't even think didn't even cross my mind to think, well, what else is at play here? Why isn't this? Because the skin can sense, you know, temperature change and, um, you know, we get sort of goosebumps if it gets a little bit cold and we can feel heat. And so why, why, why didn't we think it was light? Yeah, it sort of annoyed me that I didn't think of this before and had to wait for a study to, to come out. But, you know, like Jack Cruz has been saying it for years. So, you know, he's obviously a lot more switched on than myself when it comes to this kind of thing. But um, it was great to... It was great to finally see that, and, and we just now need to take steps to to preserve our um, our, our skin as well as our um, as well as our eyes. Um, and you know, another thing I wanted to to mention as well, um, just from a food and exercise point of view, um, everything runs on a circadian rhythm. So you know, there's been a lot of um, good blogs by Bill Lagacos um, over the years where he's looked at sort of circadian entrainment. 
Um, and by that, we mean um, what we covered earlier, where you get up and you get your, you, you take as much clothes off as you can. You get your eyes looking towards the sunrise and your body clock is then entrained um, and the correct hormonal processes can then um, cascade throughout the day. And that's brilliant. That entrains your master clock. But there are lots, every cell in our body, every organ in our body, our skin, um, our skeletal muscle, all contains its own peripheral oscillators. So little, little clocks as well that are all entrained um, and run in sync with the master clock. So it makes complete sense. When you actually look at the literature as well, this, this all makes complete sense, that your biggest meal should be in the morning during sunrise. Now, we know that, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that melanopsin is in the fat cells as well. And again, there was a study last year that came out in December 2017, so almost a year ago now, um, that actually showed that if you eat um, under um, natural sunlight in the a.m., it reduces lipid particle size, like the lipid droplet size, and also increases leptin. So two things that you really want. You want to be eating in the morning. You're going to you know, reduce the fat particle size in your adipose tissue, and you're also going to feel fuller um, quicker as well. Um, leptin's going to be higher. So a lot of people do intermittent fasting all wrong. They, they, they sort of wait, don't have any breakfast, and then have it before they go to bed. You're digesting that food. Your body... Um, you know, we've, we've already touched on that blue, eating under artificial blue light makes you insulin resistant. Yeah. So you shouldn't be having that biggest meal at the end of the day. You should be having it at the start of the day. And when you have that meal at the start of the day, number one, you've looked at the sun, your master clock's entrained. Number two, all your organ clocks are now entrained because you've eaten at the, at the start of your day. And just to top it off, exercise in the morning as well. And you're entrained along with your master clock, your skeletal muscle clocks as well. So if you're exercising, eating your biggest meal in the day, and um, watching the sunrise, do those three things. You've entrained your whole clock before you've even started your actual working day. Mm, yeah, it's so true uh, that uh, it's you know eating at night and those things they're quite bad for not only your digestion but the circadian clock as well and your sleep quality. Like if um, you know eating before bedtime is going is going to definitely. Uh, lower the amount of deep sleep you may be getting and it's probably a good idea to finish off eating uh, at least like a few hours before bedtime at, at the least yeah absolutely and you know you, you look at um put it into sort of a, a training and um sort of elite athlete type um scenario what do bodybuilders do before bed they eat a lot of food why because they want to gain gain weight yeah. um, and yes they're, they're working out very intensely they're probably taking anabolic steroids as well maybe but you know they want to do that because they want to grow they want to get bigger and, and stronger um, but you know the average average person that wants to lose weight you, you, you don't want to you don't want to be eating before bed because that's counterproductive to what you're trying to achieve so yeah yeah you can still do your intermittent fasting because people say this to me they're like oh but what about if what about earth and it's Brilliant. Intermittent fasting is great for two things, calorie restriction and autophagy. Um, but you don't need to be doing that at the beginning of, um, of your day. Just start fasting from, I don't know, two, three o'clock or maybe just from sun, um, sunset onwards and, and go from there. And then you're going to have the benefits of, of IF along with the benefits of a really well-entrained and healthy circadian rhythm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you mentioned, autophagy. And that's another one of those things that... Uh you ain't actually gonna benefit from unless you're getting quality sleep because most of the 
clearance process of autophagy it actually takes place in during sleep and uh, with with in conjunction with melatonin and such so yeah even if even if you are doing fasting but you're not sleeping properly then you're not even going to gain the benefits of fasting fully so <laughs> sleep is probably yeah. the most important thing ever <laughs> absolutely yeah sleep honestly sleep is the single-handedly the most important thing yeah. you know it's like you know with the apoptosis and your, and your autophagy you know if, if you that happens like you said predominantly when you're sleeping um, and if you're not sleeping well and you're not clearing out um, dead cells, you're not repairing um, faulty cells, you, you know, that's going to lead to all sorts of problems, you know, most notably cancer, um, you know, that's on the rise at the moment. Um, and, you know, if, if you're not being able to sleep properly to clear out the dead cells and turn over cells properly, um, you know, you're going to increase your risk of um, of diseases such as cancer and, and even sort of Alzheimer's that we touched on dementia earlier, if you're not turning over those cells um, through, um, through good quality sleep, then you're going to have problems. And, you know, we, you mentioned a really good point earlier that, um, you know, people don't know that, that, that they're having a good sleep or a bad sleep because they don't know any different. Before I, I mean, I was three or four years ago, um, actually probably four or five years ago now, I was really overweight, 30 or 40 pounds heavier than I was now. And I turned to um, a ketogenic diet to be able to get myself in, in shape. Um, and started to sort of um, build some good friendships to people like Marty Kendall, Luis Villasenor, and people like that back in the day when they were just starting up um, optimizing nutrition, um, keto gains, those types of um, companies. And, you know, we made points then that people don't know how bad they actually feel until you actually change, make positive changes in your life. And that was one of the things that the, the first sort of um, stepping stone into founding Blue Blocks, little did I know it at the time, was, was actually looking critically at okay, right, I'm going to change my diet. I'm going to do it based on these reasons, based on science, and I'm going to see how I feel. And when you actually go to the healthy side, um, whether it be whatever it may be, you know, it could be vegan, carnivore, keto, whatever um, the diet is um, that the, the person thinks is healthy. Typically, the removal of, of processed crap um, is, is the best thing um, of any diet. But um, you actually find that when you go back, say, you know, if I go on holiday and, and I'm out sort of with family that I haven't seen for years and we're having like a big meal and I'm like there, I have a little bit of bread or, you know, have something that isn't on my normal plan. I feel terrible the next day. I feel sick, feel really, really bad. Um, and the same is true for blue light. If you, if you don't know any different, then you're not going to know how good your sleep can be until you've tried these glasses. Um, and honestly, it's like every single person that tries, tries these glasses, a lot of people know they've, they've used them and they're upgrading to a more optimal product, but some of our customers have never used these before. And our customer service team constantly, um, every day are dealing with people that haven't actually used these before. And we are that confident that these are the best. And after one night, you will not, not, not want to wear these. Mm. Um, sorry for the double negative. Um, that we'll, we'll give you money back if um, if you don't have a good night's sleep after one use of these. Honestly, it's a different level. So, you know, we're happy to put our money where our mouth is on on the science behind these um, as well. And and one thing I wanted to speak about, which has come up, it comes up a lot. Okay, is peripheral light. Um, so a lot of people think that um, you know you've got some gaps in between your glasses here. I'm just going to take these off now because I'm probably, probably full asleep in, in a bit. Um, so you've got sort of um, gaps in between the glasses and a lot of people like True Dark, for instance, um, Dave Asprey's company, have a wraparound pair of glasses. 
Mm-hmm. It's not what we're about. We're about fashion style. We want people to wear these when they go outside the house because that's where light's a problem. You know, we're not all going to go out with swimming goggles on. Mm. Now, there was a really good quote um, that um, a doctor actually said to myself, and I posted it in our light and health group. Um, I'm going to read it out to you guys um, because it, I think it explains why peripheral light is not an issue. So basically, you've got IPRGC cells within your eyes, okay? Now, that's an intrinsically photosensitive retinal ganglion cell, okay? They're located in the inner retina, so very deep within the eye, okay? Now, any minor light that leaks through the sides of of blue blocker glasses is not enough for the pupillary light reflex to phototranslate enough to cause an issue. Now, the reason being as well, to to add to that, is the iris is opened wider during the time that you're wearing blue blue blocker glasses, which actually, well, yeah, due to the lenses that are sort of in the in the reds, um, so really it's it's a matter of light angle. Now, given how deep it is as well, the um, the IPRGC cells within the retina, any light that perhaps is um, reflecting off the face onto the glasses and then back into the eye is still not going to have effect. It's all about the angle of the light, and when you've got the actual red um, lenses in. They're not just tinted on one side, they're tinted underneath as well. So when that light does reflect, it's just, it's just absorbed um, by, the, um, by, the, by the red lenses. So you're not actually going to get any light refraction or refraction as well. So, you know, it's a lot of, um, a lot of people think, oh, you know, I've got to completely wrap around. You don't. It's actually complete and utter nonsense. Um, the IPRGC cells are so deep within the retina, it's really only light that is coming in directly into your eyes. Um, that are going to have um, any any consequence to, to disrupting melatonin and damaging the retina. And as I said earlier, um, all the lights in my house are red, so that doesn't matter in the first instance. I have, um, after dark on my phone, um, I have a hack where um, I can get it completely red, so that's not going to have an issue on me. Um, and the only thing that I said I do after dark is watch telly because I'm a bit of a fiend when it comes to watching programs on telly. So how am I watching telly? I'm not watching it up here or to the side. It's directly in my eyeline. So, Mm. you know, it's all context. So yeah, I wanted to make that point because so many people talk about blue light and no one can answer that question on peripheral light. So I wanted to make sure that um, your listeners were first to hear that in terms of it's not an issue and that's why it's not an issue. Hmm. Yeah, I've actually heard that, that the peripheral light isn't an issue as well. And uh, when you are using, for instance, these regular blue blocking glasses, uh, then uh, you don't even yeah do, the light won't kind of even even if you are looking at something uh, in front of you, then the light won't kind of sneak from the side. Or even if you turn your head, then it's not gonna even you know, get in that way either. You, the only yes. the only potential may come from if you are maybe like you know, really, you know, in, in some traffic or like in some very artificially lit environment where there's a bunch of other sources, but uh, that's, that's a whole other issue as well. And it, that's not, that's not going to be like the, that big of a difference. And when it comes to like the other true dark glasses, I also have those. Ah, brilliant. Then I'm just going to change my yellows as well because yeah, the sun's so- gone in. So yeah, the Dave Asprey ones, they are indeed like these really hardcore <laughs> swimming goggles yeah, yeah. that uh, that you would only want to wear right, in, when you're inside your own house. <laughs> and uh, those, the other blue blue blocks, those are yes, quite stylish and uh, 
if you were to wear them outside, like for instance, going out for some parties or something, then people won't look weird at you <laughs> or something. Yeah. And you yeah, know, I wear mine out. Yeah. Yeah. Some no people. Really to be fair, like when I've when I've worn them out, no one no one has ever stopped me. Actually, one person did once. They stopped me. They're like, oh, like. What, what are those glasses doing? I explained it, they loved it, but yeah, it's like no one really sort of bats an eyelid, um, which is funny because when I first started wearing them out, I was like, oh, you know, like, are people gonna think I'm this weirdo wearing sunglasses at nine o'clock at night? But maybe they thought that, I don't know, but no, nobody called me out on it, which was, which was really interesting. So I thought everyone would be going, oh, what are those, what are these? And mm. I don't know, just yeah. like, I think that they're, they're that cool in terms of the style and the colors that you can actually pull them off as some sort of alternative fashion anyway. So I think it's actually okay. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned that earlier, you mentioned that the people don't know what it feels like to be, you know, normal in a sense with their sleep. And uh, actually I myself who have, you know, taken my sleep quite seriously and I try to optimize it. Then uh, like uh, what, maybe when I started using the aura ring, then I noticed mm. that my deep sleep wasn't, you know, as as high as I would like them to be. And when I start first started using like the blue blocking glasses, the red ones, then uh, I, I saw that my deep sleep increased by like 10 to 15% just by because wow. of like the blue, blocking out the blue light. So yeah, there is like, imagine for people who wouldn't wear anything or people who wouldn't do anything for the sleep, then they, they have like a huge, you know, buffer zone where they could potentially improve their sleep a whole lot. And they, like, they could see like... Uh, many benefits from that but uh, how can people actually test their blue blockers how can I've, I've, I've heard about there's different you know websites where people can test whether or not they, their glasses are actually filtering out you know the right frequencies yeah absolutely there's, there's a few ways you can do it so um, your, your best bet is to just a really easy test rather than jumping on any website is just get your red or get your amber or whatever nighttime blue blockers you have um, and stick them on. And if you're seeing any blue through them, um, then that's that's a major issue. So with blue blocks, when you look at blue um, blue colours through our red lenses, through through these, um, they will appear either black or a dark green or just a very sort of dark colour. Um, and what you'll find is when you look through ones that aren't um, as red and maybe orange you'll then see that you know some of the blue is still there maybe some of the lighter blues um you'll also see that um some of the some of the greens you know all the green is basically still there um and there are some websites out there and i can link it um to to, to your viewers as well where there's some circles so different circles and then in the middle is a specific sort of um pattern of, of blue slash green light and it has to completely eradicate that that circle um, there's also one where if you google um, uh, testing blue blocker glasses um, I believe that there's a, two strips um, so you get a sh one strip um, and then underneath another strip and they've all got the same colors so they start blue different shades of blue different shades of green different shades of yellows ambers and so on through the spectrum and there's a disruption zone um, in one of them where um, basically the, the top one has all the colors in. The one underneath um, is basically all, all black, um, all one color. So when you put your glasses on, both of the um, strips need to appear identical for your blue blockers to work. But what you'll find is when you put the amber glasses on, um, you'll, you'll have a small bit sort of that you need to be blocking. 
but the amber glasses are sort of only blocking up to there and letting that in, whereas the blue blocks are blocking sort of all the way, all the way across. Um, so yeah, you, you really need to be tested them out. If you're seeing any blue through your red glasses, then you've got a, you've got a major problem. Um, and then the green um, is, I, I have a really good test for green, and I posted it on our, um, uh, on our Facebook page, is obviously I said I like to watch a lot of football, a lot of soccer, um, and the color of, of, of the grass is green. So put on your blue block of glasses, and if that pitch is still green and looks like it's been watered and it's amazing, then your blue blockers aren't working. If you put on blue blocks and you're looking at, say, Wembley Stadium or the pitch at Old Trafford or somewhere like that, which is without the blue block of glasses, is a lush green. The groundsmen have kept it amazing. It's like really, really vibrant. You put your blue blocker glasses on, these red ones, and it's honestly, it's like it hasn't been watered in about sort of three months and it's all brown. So um, that's also a good test as well is go and find a football game, switch on the telly, put your red glasses on. Um, and if that pitch is still green, then your, your glasses aren't working. But if uh, the pitch looks like it's dry and they haven't had any, any rain for three months, then uh, you know they're working. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you actually get used to them quite fast as well. You're not going to notice any difference like, oh, I can't be able to watch TV or I can't be able to you know, do some work on computer when I'm wearing them. But yeah, you actually you actually can and your eyes kind of get used to them very, very fast. Yeah, and then when you go back to actually watching TV without them, it's like, honestly, it's like someone's piercing a, a really bright light in your eye from like yeah. about that far out and you go, oh, I can't bear it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. And now where I've forgotten to bring my glasses a couple of times to a shopping mall, so say like I finish work in winter and, and I just need to pop to the shopping mall and grab some food, I've gone in without my blue block of glasses and I start to feel really dizzy and sick. It's, it's honestly, it's so bizarre. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. It's so true that after you kind of started wearing them or after you kind of learn about the negative effects of blue light, then whenever you are maybe in a supermarket or you're like, it's nighttime, you're walking around the city without your blue blockers or, you know, passing traffic lights, then yeah, it kind of really stimulates you in a negative way and you feel, feel much worse because of that as well. Might might yeah. be a bit of like a placebo as well. Like you 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 know the negative effects and you're kind of making it worse yeah. as it seems. But at the same time, it will have like a, it still has like a physiological effect. Uh, but uh, the, the, you you wear like these different lenses as well, different colors. So what are the differences between them? Can we talk about that one? Yeah, absolutely. So was was I wear each one as I talk. So basically, these are. Blue, they've got technology in them that's called blue light. So B U L, sorry, B L, I can't even spell, Jesus. B L U L I T E. So blue light is a technology. Now, myself and um, our lab um, here in Australia developed this specific material that basically is impregnated into these lenses, which filters out specific light frequencies that are emitted from LED backlit devices. So your computer, your smartphone, um, your, your iPad. Um, there's some troublesome areas, troublesome spikes, and these glasses just filter out those spikes and they leave everything else alone. So um, they're great for um, computer use, for iPhone use. So if you work in an office all day, with you're sat by a window, there's not a lot of artificial lighting around, um, you can wear these types of glasses. Um, they're also good as well um, for people that 
don't like the leery nature of the yellow or red lenses. Um, so for instance, yellow is used for the day as well. And I'll talk about those in a bit as to why they're different. Um, but some people that are in a professional office environment or having to give presentations um, would benefit from say wearing the blue light computer glasses from, from blue blocks because yes, they take out the nasty spike, but they still need leave enough blue in there to make you feel alert and awake as well. And they're not too overbearing in terms of the color. So these are what, what these are used for. So I wear these myself at, at work. Um, I'm, I was, I was fortunate enough that um, I had a light above my head um, and I got building management to remove it. I told them to take the bulb out. Um, they were like, oh, why, why, why? And I just, I just made up some, you know, some story about having migraines constantly and it's going to cost the business a lot of money if I'm off yeah. work with these migraines every week. And they were like, oh, well, take that down. Um, but if, if that light was still there, then I'd wear these. I'd wear these yellows. So what these do is the any blue light during the day from artificial sources from 450 nanometers and down um, can have a, a negative effect on um, the retina in terms of um, something called macular degeneration and digital eye strain. Mm. So you know we're all we would we would have all worked on a computer or been on our phone scrolling away and, and or doing whatever. And then after a few hours, you start to sort of get sort of dry eyes, you get sort of itchy eyes, bit of a dull headache, sort of feel really tired. And that's the symptoms of digital eye strain, which then leads to macular degeneration. And then you need, you need a prescription glasses, mm. for instance. Um, so what these glasses do is they're just a bit more powerful than the, than the blue light glasses um, in so much as they filter out more of that artificial blue light. But this um, specific tint, which is called summer glow, um, actually makes things appear brighter. Um, so they were, this, this specific tint was originally produced to um, help people with seasonal um, affective disorder. So that's a disorder that um, when maybe daylight savings kicks in, which I think it has today or last week um, in Europe, in some places, in America, um, you start to get more hours of, of darkness than you do light. Um, and the less sunlight that we have, the more depressed and um, uh, sad and um, anxious we feel. And we know, we, we, we discussed the reasons why. It's because when it gets dark, there's more LED lights on. So we're starting to feel really depressed and sad. Obviously, dopamine is, and serotonin are produced by the sunlight. We're getting less of that. That's feel-good hormones. So we're generally going to feel pretty rubbish um, during the winter. There's actually a day in February um, in the United Kingdom where there's always the most suicides on that day. And it's like... The, just like the most grim day of, of the year. It's always like the darkest, it's wet, it's horrible, and everyone always kills himself on that day. So um, these glasses make things appear, appear like a summer's day. So you, you feel uplifted, your mood's increased. It's really taking out more of that blue light that's causing um, that high, um, chronically high cortisol levels. So someone that's, that gets stressed easy, someone that has a history of depression or anxiety or is actually feeling quite anxious, um, would benefit in wearing these. So they're sort of a level up from the blue light. So if you don't suffer from stress, anxiety, anything like that, you have a well-lit office, you're getting outside during the day, these are great. If you're working in a dungeon somewhere, you're not getting, it's, everything's artificial light, um, and you're working on a computer for like 10 hours a day, and you're suffering from things like depression, stress, anxiety, then you'll, you'll want these. These are a lot, mm. a lot stronger. They're still a daytime glass. Um, I, I put them on just a minute ago just because it's starting to get dark outside and it's a bit grey, it's a bit cloudy, so mm. sort of uplift me a little bit. And then these ones here, 
So these are post-sunset um, glasses. So the tint in this is, is a sleep plus tint. Um, and this tint is um, designed and tested to block up to 550 nanometers, which is um, 400 to 550, as we said earlier, is the, um, the, the key melatonin disruption zone. So we put, as soon as the, the sun starts to set, so about 40 minutes time in Australia, um, Western Australia, it's already set in Sydney, um, artificial lights will start going on, street lights over there will start lighting up. So we need to be putting these on. Now what these do is these completely block all the blue and green up to 550. Um, they also give, like when you look at everything, like I'm looking at the sky now out there, um, and the sky was sort of a bluey white sort of color, and now it's completely orange. Mm. Um, so it like, it's basically like the sun is setting or the sky is on fire. So all those um, wavelengths of light post 550, so you're sort of darker greens, going into your yellows, your ambers, your reds, all, this, all, the, um, all the, the, the colors and wavelengths that are found in, um, in fire, um, don't do anything to melatonin. They don't suppress it. Um, they actually make you feel more relaxed as well. And, and um, you know, it's just how we've evolved with, with that kind of light. So what you do with these is um, you'll be undoing the effects if, say, for instance, now I've been wearing these for two hours, then I go, oh, just look at a blue screen. That's all it takes to really mess up your whole night. So you've got to keep them on until you go to bed. Mm -hmm. So I have a, a silk eye mask that I basically... I've got red light in my bedroom, so I'm quite fortunate. So I switch to red light on in the bedroom, take these off, sleep mask on, red light off, into bed. Um, now, the reason I wear a sleep mask is because um, I've got, um, I don't have blackout curtains um, in my bedroom. So I need to make sure that no light is going through um, my, my eyes when I'm, when I'm sleeping. If I wake up or, you know, even with your eyes closed, light's still going to pass through. So I make sure that I've got this complete blackout mask that I wear. Um, I'm a sleeper where I like literally pull the covers over me anyway, so I'm not going to get any light on my skin. Um, and you know, like we said earlier, there was that study that came out that showed that people, um, that were even exposed to a tiny bit of light during the night. So that could be things as like common things, like if you get up to go to the toilet in the night, you switch on your light, that's mm. basically messing up all your hormones straight away. Mm. But even little things that people don't realize, people always comment saying, oh, but I don't get up in the night, I'm fine, I, my smartphone's not on in the night, what are you on about? And you're like, well, have you got completely blackout curtains? And I'm like, no, just got normal blinds. And it's like, well, what happens if a car drives past and the headlights shine in through the window? Or what happens if there's a street lamp outside? Or, mm. I don't know, a burglar coming around with a torch or something, you know, that's going to wake you up. Um, and it's going to hit the skin, it's going to go through the eyes, and you're going to not have the best night's sleep. So, you know, it's, it's just as important light, um, or, or basically complete eradication of light when you sleep as well. So, you know, it's not just about blocking the, the blues and the greens post going to bed. It's about actually taking steps to make your sleeping environment um, optimal for not actually allowing any light at all um, to, to come through um, specifically blue and green during the times when you sleep or you're going to have a bad time losing weight if that's what you want to do you're going to have a bad time um, health-wise in um, in the future um, with all those diseases we spoke about because you're not going to get a good night's sleep yeah it's so true that the light is so underrated in terms of not only affecting the circadian rhythm, but like you mentioned earlier, it's also going to affect your mood and uh, you know the 
the, the seasonal affective disorder that people in the Nordic regions experience is because of not getting enough sunlight during winter. And uh, those summer glow glasses, those sounds like really cool in the sense that they actually gonna, you, you do feel things look more brighter and things look more sharper as well. And, uh, and uh, the, you, you, even like people who are doing sort of like gaming and professional gaming, they use this special eyewear where they can actually, you know, be able to focus on things more better and uh, detect, you know, differences in, in the game. But yeah, like I would imagine that it's actually so important to uh, also implement this sort of uh, light hygiene into, into the workspace and into the public sphere. Because like a lot of people who are doing like, say, for instance, hospital work or shift work or something, they're actually damaging their health. Like... <laughs> It's so damaging for their for their longevity and health, and uh, there there is no healthcare that is going to cover that in a sense not yet at the moment. So yeah, people would actually yeah. need to uh, implement these things into the workspace as well. Yeah, ab absolutely. And you know, we I like to talk um, like we have done, which is on um, sort of giving advice to to people that are sort of everyday people that are um, you know going to work, living a normal life. Um, but we've actually utilized our technology and our lenses for um, various um, athletes as well. So um, a lot of sort of at the lower end of, of the athlete sort of spectrum, not really athletes, I guess, but, um, you know, you spoke about gamers. We actually have a lot of um, poker players wear our glasses as well. Um, so they find it helps them concentrate a lot, a lot better, um, which is which is interesting. But we actually um, around about this time last year, um, we started um, putting together a paper um, with the um, Australian national soccer team, um, the Socceroos, um, and we worked with their sports scientists um, because they were basically going to have the longest playoff fixture travel-wise in a World Cup qualifier ever. So they were based in Sydney and they had to fly to Honduras to play a World Cup game, then they had to fly straight back to Sydney and they had to um, then play the second leg three days later. So obviously that was going to take a massive toll on recovery through jet lag. So we, um, we proposed and, and they actually took us up on it, which was, which was great as well to be able to supply them with a, um, with a plan to how to basically limit jet lag for um, their football team and aid recovery. So we worked with, with, with those guys and they also worked with another company called Retimer. Now, Retimer um, is a pair of futuristic goggles that you wear, and it pulses blue and green light into your eyes at specific times to keep you awake. And it's meant to sort of be, be used for, um, for jet lag and sports recovery. So the, um, the team took off from Sydney, and they had these Retimers on, pulsing this blue light into the eyes, keeping them awake until they landed in Honolulu in Hawaii. They took the glasses off, and then they wore our Sleep Plus glasses, um, all the way to Honduras. Um, they played the game in Honduras. They, they won that game. Um, actually, no, they drew that game. Um, I think they drew it. Then they flew back, um, did the complete opposite, retimers on, on the first leg. Then they put our blue blocking glasses, blue blocks, red lenses on um, for the um, Hawaii to Sydney leg. And then the issues that, that the um, sports scientists had were that all these professional footballers in their downtime were playing computer games. Um, you know, they would come home from training and then they'd be like all playing FIFA or, um, um, you know, shooting games on, on the Xbox. And um, we said, you know, it's not just about that kind of recovery. You need to get these guys wearing these red glasses. 
if they're playing these computer games, because number one, it will block the blue light from um, and the green light from messing up their hormones. Um, and it will also send them to sleep. So they're not going to be sat there till one in the morning playing on, mm. on FIFA. Mm. Um, and yeah, and they went to the World Cup and um, yeah, it was, it was incredible. So it was really great to, to sort of work with some professional athletes on um, sort of sports recovery as well. So um, yeah, that was really, really interesting for us um, about, about a year ago. Yeah, that's so interesting. Yeah. And uh, it comes to show that people who, you know, who are kind of controlled by their technology, you know, who are simply, you know, playing video games or watching t TV after night, then they, you know, they don't even know how, how it's going to affect them in the long term. And there has yeah. to be some sort of a, you know, positive restriction for yourself as a grown up to <laughs> limit yourself to the use of these uh, devices, especially at nighttime. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of these, um, a lot of these computer games are very addictive as well. Um, you know, dopamine sort of um, responses wise. So, you know, it's like telling someone to, you know, oh, stop, stop smoking or stop taking heroin or cocaine or something like that to a certain extent. Whereas sticking these glasses on, you're not going to have an option because in two hours of gaming, you're going to be fast asleep. So um, at least it will stop them getting addicted. <laughs> when is the, is there a time where you wouldn't want to wear them? to kind of prevent like a mismatch you wouldn't want to wear them during in terms of like yeah. i mean like if you if you want to keep yourself in sync with the natural circadian rhythm around you then you wouldn't want to wear them during the day in a sense absolutely not yeah you would not want to wear the reds during the day at all because you know we, we mentioned earlier you need some blue light to um start certain um hormonal processes um so this, this is why we can't demonize blue light and when you go on blue blocks website um this is where we're different because a lot of blue blocking websites go on about you know the, the the dark side of blue light blue light's terrible it's really bad blah 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 but you know because we're so evidence-based um and scientific in the terms of um how we've built our company we have a whole section on there in, in the benefits of blue light you know there are certain times that you know during the day that you need blue light that's not to say you should be staring at artificial light or anything like that but you know we need to put context into things you know it's it's very dangerous and, and it's it's also an issue when um, when it comes to the nutrition side as well when people just say no carbohydrates no 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 don't eat them don't eat them it's just like well there's a context to everything mm. you know like carbohydrates if you're trying to um, to optimize muscle growth or um, you know vo2 max performance in in sort of um, sprint exercises and things like that, you, you know, that's going to be um, probably positive to, to use um, carbohydrate for. Same is true for light, you know, like the context is that do you want to be shining blue light into your eyes um, during the day um, from an LED light? No, probably not. You probably want to be filtering that out because there's so many nasty spikes and it's very unbalanced. It doesn't have a lot of red and orange and uh, yellows in it. But do you want to be getting up at sunrise without any sunglasses on looking to the left or the right or directly at the rising sun. Yeah, you probably do because you're going to be starting that entrainment of your circadian clock, which is going to lead to a whole host of hormonal and health benefits throughout the day and, and give you a healthy circadian rhythm. So, you know, we've got to be careful making sweeping statements, I think. And a lot of people are doing that at the moment in, in, in the nutrition industry mm. and also in the um, quantum health industry as well. And, you know, we want to bring a bit more context back into what we're discussing and, um, make sure that um, you know people are aware that blue light isn't all bad, but mm. at specific times of the day, it's 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 terrible. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like uh, blue light in the morning or in the mo in the earlier parts of the day is good, beneficial, and it it does boost 
like your alertness and focus and uh, you know you know releases some of the cortisol that has like a beneficial effect in the earlier parts and uh, another another one of the reasons why people have experienced the seasonal affective disorder is that they're not getting the blue light so even even using these different devices like you know the the human charger shooting blue light into your eyes or into your ears and it's also like circadian entrainment in some in some way if you if you don't have like access to natural sunlight in your in your uh, local regions and yeah, of absolutely. course and uh, funny, you mentioned that the sunglasses, you know, after, after having learned about the sun, the, the circadian rhythms of light, then uh, you don't really want to wear sunglasses at all because they're, they're going to, you know, basically keep you out of sync with the natural circadian rhythm as well. So, yeah, not wearing oh, sunglasses is much better unless you're driving or something. Yeah, absolutely. There are a couple of instances when I believe you should wear sunglasses. So, um, 99% of the time you shouldn't be wearing sunglasses. Um, I think there are a few situations where you might want to consider wearing them. Um, one is if you're um, surrounded by a lot of snow and the sun's out, you get a lot of glare. Um, I think that um, I was on, on holiday in Spain recently um, and I was staying, um, staying on a boat um, and I was fine for a long period of time and then my eyes started to hurt quite a bit um, from just basically being out in the, the real sort of 30, 35 degree sun all day. Um, there was a lot of glare off the white of the boat. So I had my sunglasses on for, for a couple of hours and, and it was fine, but I, I managed to get the sunrise and the sunset and the midday sun into my eyes but a little bit sort of in the afternoon, I felt the need to wear them. And the issue you have, um, and this probably doesn't really come into effect where, where you guys are living, but in Australia, we've got a massive hole in the ozone layer. Um, so the UV light that's coming through is a lot stronger than, than other places in the world. So I wouldn't be an advocate or a fan of, of going, like if you are out from say 6 a.m. all the way through to 6 p.m. In, in Australia, um, I would suggest that you would probably want to take some precaution in wearing sunglasses at specific times of the day, um, as long as you're allowing that sort of sunrise, midday and sunset light into your, into your eyes. But a lot of people don't do that. A lot of office workers are stuck inside all day and then they're putting their sunglasses on and going outside. Like that's, mm -hmm. that, you know, that's, that's a big no-no. People shouldn't be doing that. Um, it's really people that say are working outside completely all day um, that, might want to wear them maybe for an hour or two here and there. Um, but you know, 80, 90% of the time you don't want to be wearing them. So I just wanted to sort of, cause that's where I differ to a lot of the extreme biohackers out there that are, you know, going out and, and just not wearing them constantly. I, I think a little bit of caution does need to be taken, but you know, the way we wear sunglasses as a general population is 100% of the time. Um, whereas I think, you know, you're wearing them, let's just say 90% of the time with maybe 10% if needs be. Like you said, if you're driving, I was driving um, back today from, um, from going down to a local farm to pick up some meat. Um, and on the way back, I was driving, I was behind this car and the sun was hitting the back of his um, uh, wind, windscreen and it was just shining straight into my eyes. So for five minutes, I had to pull out my sunglasses and put it on until the car moved and, and the sun wasn't shining and I took them straight back off again. Um, so again, it's, it's the context of that. I'm not just wearing them all day. It's like, wow, I've, I've got them in my car because I don't want to, I'm driving a hundred kilometers an hour on a, on a motorway. Um, I've got the sun glaring in my eye off the back of some, um, some person's car in front of me. Um, I could put my life and other people's lives at, at risk if I didn't wear those sunglasses for the five minutes 
um, that I was driving. So, you know, it's important to weigh up both sides, I think, and um, make sure that you're, you know, being safe, but also getting a lot of, um, a lot of light into your eyes where you can. Definitely, yeah. like the context is everything, and uh, it 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 does matter in the in the overall picture. Uh, but uh, what kind of other biohacks do you do for optimizing your sleep and uh, health? Yeah, so there's um there's a few things. So I find that um, red light exposure helps me sleep as well. It helps me relax if I'm feeling a little bit stressed, um, or maybe if I haven't had enough um, sort of light at sunset because sunset is, is as important as sunrise because there's a lot of red light and orange light that comes from a sunset um, which really sort of starts that body getting that pineal gland ready to release that melatonin so um, if I'm rushing around and really busy I get a, a red light panel on I, I personally use Jemba Red um, my good friend Andrew Latour has, has, has made that um, which is good just a portable good good size um, and compared to um, a product like Juve, which um, is a little bit more expensive. Um, I've heard reports that that gives off a lot of EMF, whereas Gemba Red has been tested and doesn't. So that was one of the reasons I chose that price, EMF. Um, and Andrew is, is, is very similar to myself, very evidence-based and context-based. Um, I also um, do a lot of sort of hacks around temperature in the room i like my room to be at 16 degrees and i also like a lot of cold humid air within the room as well um, i find that if i don't have a humidifier on um, that's giving out a lot of cold um, humid sort of water vapor that in the environment that i'm in um, the the air gets very sort of dusty and dry and it causes my nose to block up which then obviously forces me to breathe through my mouth which is really not good so I find that when my room is, is nice and cool and humid, I can breathe through my nose, free-flowing, I can change sides however I want to sleep, and that really helps. Um, obviously, um, we discussed, you know, completely blacked-out room. Um, I also find that um, the feng shui of my room really helps me sleep as well. And by that, I mean very basic feng shui. I find that if I've got a lot of clutter in my bedroom um, or, you know, someone's throwing clothes on the floor or whatever, um, that affects my sleep. I think it's like more of a psychological thing for me. So all I have in my bedroom is a um, humidifier at the end of the bed. I have my bed um, and I have um, bedside tables with literally all that's in my drawer is earplugs in case there's like a noisy neighbor, um, my sleep mask and my blue blockers. Get rid of my phone. Don't want that in there. I'm, once you once you entrain your circadian rhythms, you don't need an alarm. I wake up at the sunrise, and that's way before I need to go to work. Um, and I also invest in really good quality sheets as well. So, um, you know, I've got silk um, pillows because that I, I feel that that's so comfortable in my skin. It's also um, I get a lot of sun exposure without using sun cream. So obviously, I am still going to get some damage to my skin. And um, silk has been proven to um, help with that damage as well. So I make sure that I get a very comfortable pillow, making sure your bedding is really, really good as well. Mm -hmm. um, I also find um, that like, I, I take a lot of cold showers, but I find that having one of those before bed makes me too alert and awake. So I typically, if I'm feeling a little bit alert, I'll take a, I'll take a warm shower, have a nice sort of hot, steamy shower, which will really sort of relax me and, and relax my muscles when I'm in the gym during during the day sometimes, um, you know, I've got sort of quite stiff back or something like a nice hot shower just to un unwind and loosen me up a little bit before bed. 
Um, and I also spoke to a sleep, um, sleepologist um, here in Australia that I'm, I'm fairly close with. And, you know, she made some really good sort of adjustments to how I would um, unwind before bed because, you know, psychologically speaking, you don't want to be watching something on telly that's going to cause you to have a fight or flight response, that adrenaline being released. So, mm. you know, I was, I was staying up, like, watching my team play football and, you know, shouting at the TV and getting all sort of like, come on, you know, score a goal, defend or whatever. Um, and then I always found that I, you know, when I look back, I didn't sleep well that night. Mm. I couldn't switch off. I was buzzing. Um, and I did a lot of it during the World Cup. So obviously England got quite far and I'm, I'm British um, from, from birth. Um, so I was having to get up at two in the morning to, to watch, watch the football. Um, I was putting my blue blockers on, um, covering up my skin, but I was so excited and pumped up that when I went back to bed for a couple of hours, it didn't matter that I'd worn my blue blockers. I was so like pumped up that I was just buzzing and I couldn't sleep. So I needed to incorporate like an hour of unwind time, like with just just sitting, just just reading under red light and relaxing and being calm. And that could be yoga, it could be meditation, something like that. And you'll notice a huge difference as well. So, you know, that's probably the that, that's basically my routine. I've just sort of said, I'm sure other people have got other hacks that they, they like to use as well, but that sort of works for me and my N equals one um, sort of uh, situation. Yeah, it's so true that uh, if you get wired up by watching some sort of an action movie or, yeah. or getting some sort of an unexpected email, then those things will affect your sleep and uh, you, it's going to be much more difficult for you to fall asleep. And uh, yeah, you may start, you know, uh, moving around the bed and uh, not the, not even uh, getting relaxed. So yeah, it's one of those things that you want to kind of take it take into account of not not stimulating yourself, whether that be with blue light, whether that be with caffeine, food, or exercise, or 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 simply looking at looking at some sort of a YouTube video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And there's there's a good um, there's a couple of good sayings to help people remember some of the stuff we've said. So. Um, the best one that I like to go by is that um, you should, for, for food entrainment, so in training your body clock, you need to eat breakfast like a king, uh, lunch like a prince, and dinner like a pauper. That's a very good saying, and one that I really like, like to live by. So you're having a big meal first, then a medium meal, then a small meal or nothing at all. Um, another good one to live by as well is only eat um, or exercise when it's, when it's daytime. Um, when it's night time, that's relaxing time. Because a lot of people that like to train as well, they 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 train after after work. It's, maybe it's the only time they can do. But they're going into a gym, and what's in a gym? A lot of overhead artificial light. Um, you know, there's unless you've got a really sort of open gym with a lot of um, natural light. But then you know, after dark, you know that's not going to help. So you know what you're doing is you're you're going into the gym, getting. Number one, you're getting pumped up, whether you're running, no matter what you're doing in the gym, you're going to be getting pumped up. You know, you're going to be getting the adrenaline running, you're going to be lifting weights, you're going to be running. Um, all stuff that ancestrally speaking would be that fight or flight response, something that you don't want to be doing. What else are you doing? You're, you're training under artificial light without blue blockers on, with probably a singlet on if you're, if you're a bro. Um, and you're just, you're just getting a lot of... Um, a lot of artificial light all over your skin, all over your eyes um, at the wrong time of the day. So your, your body's going to be like, oh, this is brilliant. It's, it's during the day. I can work out. Um, you know, I don't need sleep for another 12 hours. And then you're going to come home buzzing from getting pumped up, buzzing from the blue, blue and green light. What else are you going to do after the gym? You're gonna, if you're trying to pack on muscle or, um, you know, trying to, trying to, 
be healthy, you're going to go and eat another big meal. You're going to be, you're going to be hungry after the gym. You're going to have a lot of metabolic processes would have been going on. You're going to want to eat a big meal. Um, you know, probably going to involve some protein. Protein's going to take a long time to break down. So that's going to affect your sleep as well and, and just completely ruin your circadian rhythm. So, you know, make sure you're training, get up early and train, you know, and once you start correcting your body clock and wearing blue blocks glasses before you go to sleep, getting up and watching the sunrise, within about a week of doing all that kind of stuff, you, you are literally never going to have to set an alarm. You're going to jump out of bed. I'm the biggest testament for this because I was never a morning person. I used to stay up till midnight at night um, and I used to get up about 11 in the morning. I was a lazy sod. Um, and then I changed, the, changed my habits. I wore my, started wearing blue blocks glasses, started going to bed about 10 o'clock at night, waking up at about five, six in the morning when the sun rose, um, getting out, watching that sun. And like two things, like if I don't get up and watch the sunrise or can't for any reason, I'm just a miserable git throughout the whole of the day. Um, I feel really down, really snappy, really not good, really not pleasant to be around. Um, and also I find that, you know, rather than sort of getting up at 11 in the morning, all groggy, like, oh, I've got to get up, just five more minutes, just five more minutes. <laughs> I am literally, as soon as that sums up, I'm like, brilliant, brilliant, another day, let's get up. Um, and, you know, that's just had the increase in dopamine in, in, in my brain from all this sort of corrected circadian rhythm that I'm just buzzing and pumped to see that sun in the morning because I know how good it will make me feel. I don't need caffeine, I just need the sun. Yeah, it's so true. It's so true that, yeah, once you have your... Uh, circadian rhythm optimized, your health optimized, and your mitochondria are working properly, then you don't need any stimulants and uh, you don't need an alarm clock. You don't need someone, someone else screaming at you to feel energized to get things, to get things going. You're like self-motivated and uh, your, your, your entire body is, you know, working uh, as it should. But uh, like for some people who aren't as fortunate as you and I who will, who can stick to these circadian rhythms who who may have like some night shift work or who who are you know forced to work out in the evening what would be some good tips for them to follow in 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 order to not mess up their circadian rhythms completely yeah absolutely now it's an interesting point with night shift basically that there's some hacks to make it a little bit more tolerable but if you're working a night shift, you are doomed. Like basically you need to get out of that job as, as quickly as you can. And you need to find work during, you know, your, your biological day. That is, that is the long and the short of it. I'm not going to gloss it up. Um, but you know, you, you've just got to, you've just got to try and re-entrain your, your clock, I guess. Um, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, when you go, when you get home, um, before you go to bed, you, you, you know, you, you get outside and, and try and get as much natural light as you can. Again, that's probably going to be counterintuitive because if you're getting back from work and the sun's rising, um, you know, that's probably going to be an issue for, for these people as well. Um, I guess you could use things like human charger um, and, you know, sort of artificial lights um, like the retimers. Again, it's, it's, it's not going to be optimal at all. It's still going to be a major issue because the thing is, right, with, with using artificial sources of light, they're good in the short term. They're good in periods of time in a dark northern European winter, for, for argument's sake. Um, but I would be coupling that with a red light device as well, because, you know, you want to be getting near infrared, you want to be getting, um, you know, frequencies of light that aren't visible. 
And what, what people seem to, to ask a lot as well is they keep saying to me, like, create a light bulb that's the same as the sun. And it's like, okay, well, I could, I could do that if I wanted to, but nothing is going to replace the sun. There are invisible lights in there. There's UVA, UVB, UVC, but IR, near IR. Um, you've got your purple light in there, um, which is obviously in that UV spectrum. Um, and, you know, you're not going to be getting that if you're working night shifts because you're not going to be seeing the sun. Um, and, you know, you need that UV light as well to, to synthesize you know your nitrous oxide and, and form your vitamin d um you're going to need it um you need uv light into your eye and um through the retina to basically transduct into um uh the omega-3s and dhas that are building up in, in your eye into a dc electric current which is going to help charge your mitochondria um, so I guess, you know, if, if you're not getting the UV light from night shift work, you probably want to be eating a shed load of fish. Um, you're probably still going to be want to be filtering out light during, during your shift. So you probably want to be wearing yellow, yellow lens blue blockers, a bit like these summer glow ones, um, because it's going to make you feel a lot, a lot happier and it's going to take out the big, big cortisol mm. spikes. Um, the major issue you're going to have as well is, um, sleeping. You're, you're going to hundred percent need blackout curtains. A sleep mask won't cut it because there'll be daylight shining through your window. Mm. Um, so I guess making your sleep environment really good, like I described, making it cool, making sure you're not disturbed, turn your phone off, get, get it away from the bed so you're not getting woken up and things like that. Um, but, you know, during, during the winter months, we, we've touched upon it. Like, so people that aren't working night shifts, um, you know, you, you, you can use your retimers, you can use your, your human chargers, which are good, but also couple that with a, a Jew or a Gemba Red or a Red Light Man, you know, that kind of thing. Um, there's one in the UK, Red Light Rising, I think, which is pretty good. One of my friends just bought one of those. Um, because then you're going to get, you know, you're near infrared light as well. So you're not just going to be, um, uh, you know, getting your, getting your visible light, you're going to be getting your invisible light as well. So, you know, it's, it is important that... Um, you know, you look at that when you're looking to hack your light as well, but it's not just visible, it's invisible too. Hmm. Yeah, it's so true. So true that it's not ideal by any means. And, uh, but there are some ways to kind of minimize the damage and uh, wearing the blue blockers is going to be a pretty good uh, idea in terms of that. Uh, but uh, where can people learn more about uh, you and your uh, brand blue blocks? Yeah, so um, we've got a few places. So it's pretty simple to find us. Just Google Blue Blocks. Um, it's written, written here. Um, so B, I'll see if I can spell it correctly this time. Um, B-L-U-B-L-O-X um, dot com. Very simple. Um, we have a group on Facebook, which has gained quite a lot of popularity called Light and Health. Um, so we've got about 6,000 people in there. And, and I post in there every day sort of, all the latest studies that are coming out on light. But what I like to do and why a lot of people I think like my approach is I like to take it very simplistic. So I read the study and break it down bullet points as to right, this is what they're saying. This is why they're saying it. This is the effect it's having on, on you or could have on you. And here's what to do about it. Um, so we keep it nice and simple. And then the, we always link to the study if, if the boffins out there want to go and read it. Um, and you know, like me, I like to read a whole study. Um, you can, yeah, we're on Instagram, so just come find us out. Once you're on the website, it all links, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and, and Facebook. Um, connect with myself if, if people want to as well. I'm always happy to, to answer questions. Light and Health's obviously pretty good. Um, and, uh, yeah, we've got a YouTube um, sort of channel as well, but nothing really that I've done sort of 
myself, maybe a few Facebook lives, maybe a few podcasts we've been on in, in the past. Um, but there's one thing I wanted to, to mention as well um, that we're we're doing now. So we we're very I'm very passionate about giving back to the community, um, and you know a lot of people that are coming to, to Blue Blocks can help themselves. They're in a fortunate position where they can afford to buy the best glasses. Um, you know our, our glass our prices of our glasses are. Um, a direct um, sort of correlation to how optimal and how much research and, and how amazing they actually are. They're not a cheap pair from, from Amazon. Um, but what we found was that there are over, I think, 200 million people um, plus in the developing world that um, don't have access to even reading glasses. Mm. Um, as simple as, you know, they need plus two plus three magnification in a pair of glasses to be able to see and what struck me was i started speaking to a charity called restoring vision and they were telling me a story about this lady um that basically had um she was just a sole provider for her kids her husband had, had left her and she had to work like 15 hour days sewing um in a, in a factory to basically get enough money just to feed her kids and give them the schooling that they needed Mm -hmm. um, and she started to lose her sight. Um, she started to get macular degeneration, probably from the artificial lights in the factory. Um, and they found out that basically she, she couldn't work for, I think it was about a year. Um, the kids were like literally starving. Um, and then this charity came in and they gave her a pair of plus three reading glasses and she could, she could see. Um, she could go back to work and she could supply for her kids. So what we did was we agreed with this charity. We were like, you know what? We want to, for every person that buys a pair of blue blocker glasses from Blue Blocks, we will donate a pair of reading glasses to them to give to someone in the third world. Um, so for everyone that buys with our brand, they'll be safe in the knowledge that, yes, you're helping your health. You're going to be blocking blue light and you're going to have the best health you're going to have. But you're also giving a pair of glasses to someone like this lady in Mexico um, that, that needed them just to make a little bit of money to, to basically feed her kids and, and give them the, the best life that she could possibly give them. Um, so, you know, we, we've partnered with these guys and we're going to be, um, we're going to be supplying a pair of reading glasses for basically every pair that someone buys at Blue Block. So, you know, we're hoping to, to contribute a few thousand pairs of, of glasses in the next 12 months, just to, just to this charity and to, to give back, you know, it's, it's, we feel it's our duty to, um, you know, help those that help, can't help themselves. Mm, wow yeah, that's tr that's truly uh, amazing and uh yeah a, a lot of uh companies or brands don't do those do don't they don't do those sorts of things and i believe like uh we need more of those more charitable uh deals <laughs> between the the different parts of the world but uh, uh before i let you go on i'll ask you my last question which is uh what would be this one piece of advice or a habit that you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind yeah, I think um, the, the, the biggest one for me, if I had to pick one, was sunrises. Um, honestly, just just the mental well-being, um, I think it's great. And I think that just doing that one thing every day, just, just even if you have to set your alarm to start with, get up and watch that sunrise, you're not just going to feel the benefits right then. You're going to feel them throughout the whole day. It's going to help a cascade of hormonal effects that's going to make you sleep better, make you feel better, make you train better and just make you all round a, a better person. So, you know, there's lots of tips I'd love to give, but if I had to pick one, that would be it. Watch your sunrise every day where you can. 
Mm, yeah, that's that's a good good tip. And uh, if you were to wake up earlier, then you would actually go to bed earlier as well, and uh, you would keep yourself yes. in, more more in sync with the natural natural circadian rhythm around you. So that's that's a good tip. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, thanks, Andy, for coming to the podcast, and uh, looking forward to maybe potentially seeing you in person as well someday. And uh, yeah, uh, I'll see you around in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Next time I'm in, in Europe, we'll we're, we're definitely get a, get across. I was in Copenhagen recently and met up with a few of uh, few people you've been hanging out with recently, which is mm. uh, which was cool. Um, so yeah, I just got to try and try and get over and do more and, and see more people. It's just so remote in Australia; it's crazy. So um, yeah, we will definitely we will definitely meet face to face. I can guarantee that. Yeah, I'll see you around. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Thanks, Sim. Cheers, buddy. Bye. All right, that's it for this episode. If you want to get yourself one of these blue blocking glasses from Blue Blocks, then head over to blueblocks.com and use the code SEAM for a 10% discount. That's B L U B L O X.com and the code is S I I M. Other than that, you can also leave us a review on iTunes and other social media platforms. Check out all the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. My name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.